This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. This podcast is Shareable. I'm your host, Jeff Gibbard, commonly known as the world's most handsome strategist and professional speaker. I'm also a superhero. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single Shareable episode. And that's it. That's the intro. Short and sweet. Let's get to the show. Today on Shareable, Kate Horlacey is a business strategist, mindset mentor, and sales yogi. I'm talking to her from all the way across the pond. She's in Australia. Welcome to Shareable today, Kate. Hey, Jeff. Great to be here. Nice to Hello, have you. Hello, everybody uh, from around the world. Where are your listeners, mate? All around the world, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, we have people listen to Shareable from literally all over. I've looked at our analytics and like we got people that are tuning in from like um, countries in Northern Africa, from some people in all over Asia, got some listeners in Singapore. So like, I mean, the majority of the listeners are in the US, probably second only to Canada. And then I think actually our third largest audience is in Australia, if I'm not mistaken. So that works cool. out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, hello to everybody out there listening. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of your backgrounds, some of the things you've done. Today, we're going to talk mostly about sales, a lot of the ins and outs of it. I know you're really big on giving people value-driven tips, ways to be better at sales. A lot of your career was launched in the wake of helping people better understand sales. So I want to talk about a couple parts of your early career because I think it sets nice context for getting into um, getting into the work that you're currently doing. So part of your background, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, really, really early in your career, actually, uh, you were a top recruitment consultant in Australia, correct? So like you were working in the world of recruiting. So that's actually a really interesting way to start off getting into sales to a certain extent, because you're selling the idea of working for a particular company. You have to, in many cases, kind of cold call people and, and have these, you know, develop warmth uh, initially. Can you talk a little bit about how you dropped into that and maybe some of the early things you learned from that and how it, it, it maybe brought you to this place that you are now? Sure. Uh, so I, I actually fell into it um, when, uh, just to take it back a, a step, I really wanted to work for this hair care company, like this really kind of cool, funky new product. I called up their state manager and, and basically got myself an interview and sat in front of him. And he said, girl, you're so, you know, you're a real go-getter. Um, I love you. We've got reps in every single, you know, part of the company right now. We don't have room for you. But would you mind if I passed on your details to one of my best buddies who I know needs someone? So he said, yes, I ended up in car sales. Now, Jeff, I know a lot of guys love cars, but I am not one of those people who is, actually, my husband's got an Aston Martin. I don't really love cars, but here I was selling new Hondas. Um, and the guys were pretty sexist and a little bit racist and I, it just wasn't a great fit for me. But um, what I did is I wrote down exactly what I wanted in my new position. I didn't know what I wanted, but part of one of the major things I learned about sales is goal setting, really knowing what you want and dreaming into it, seeing it, feeling it. And I had about eight points about all this money I was earning and I was in a really cool place with people my own age and it was really bright, funky offices and I read this every day. Anyway, I was in this, this car sales position for about eight months and there was one of my first ever customers I sat down with wanted a new Prelude 
And I basically followed him up every single month for eight months. And I just would ring him and say, hey, you know, it's Kate again, just checking in and uh, wondering if you're ready to buy your car yet. And, you know, if you don't want me to call back, that's fine. But otherwise, I'm going to give you a call next month. And I just followed him up, followed him up, followed him up. And so after eight months, he said, "Um, Kate, I'm coming in. I'm ready to buy a car. He bought it from me full price. And he said, look, I've got to tell you, I was not going to buy a car from anyone else. Your follow-up and just your service has been incredible. Uh, Would you mind if I talked to my partner, has got a recruitment business and she could really use people like you. So that's how I fell into it, Jeff. Um, I fell into recruitment that way. At that time, doing 20K a month was a really, that was what everyone was shooting for. Uh, and if you got 20k the company would give you a a round of applause and uh, you know you've done your target so the minute I sat down in the training for the recruitment I said I'm going to do 50k I'm going to average 50k a month and the woman who owned the company was a real um, you know she was amazing recruitment agent from London she said Kate that's really good but let's just do something a little bit more realistic and I thought "Mm, okay we'll see Uh, because I knew I could do it I just knew it in my bones and uh, and yeah that's what I did I I averaged 50k a month um, and yeah so I, I guess when it comes to sales one of the first things that was life-changing for me that I learned a long time ago is if you can set your ta- your eyes and your heart and your brain on a target that is really exciting to you and you don't shift from it, it doesn't matter how things look on the day, on the week, on the month, you just keep on going for that. Um, it happens. It happens. And it is so cool when it happens because you start to realise you're a lot more in control of your of of what happens to you in your life and your business and your career it doesn't mean you don't come up against struggles but uh it is it's it's a bit of magic it's kind of cool so one of the things that i heard in there uh specifically as you're talking about following up with someone for eight months is the idea of persistence and there's so much in sales about like you have to you know touch somebody six times before they're going to say yes or like you have to get through like so many no's to get to a yes so you had the persistence in the follow-up, and then at the same time, you have the sort of persistence mindset of achieving your goals. And a lot of people, when they read sales books and they go through coaching, they hear something like that, and then they think, okay, I'll just be persistent. But being persistent isn't enough. There's so much more to why you were successful there than the fact that you showed up for eight months. There's something more there. What do you think was something that potentially comes naturally to you that helped you to have more success than some people who may not naturally be good at sales? Because, you know, there are those of us who are comfortable in sales and those of us who are absolutely terrified of it. Some people who feel like really confident, some people who have to like have their confidence built up. Apparently, you stepped into it thinking 20K, I'm going to do 50K. So you had the confidence there. You had a little bit of that. And then in the persistence of following up with that client that, that you had had previously, it wasn't just that you showed up. What is it that you think about you, like going back into like being introspective about yourself? What do you think is something about you that makes you have success in sales outside of just that mindset and that persistence? Sure. I am very much about helping people get what they want, you know, and if you can just come from that mindset, 
you know, it's and and caring about people and really just being on their side, meeting them at their level, uh, and and being okay also with the outcome. That's the other thing, Jeff. It's like if you know you're going to get your target anyway, it doesn't matter if this person says yes or no. Like it just doesn't matter because you're getting it anyway. It doesn't matter, you know. You're you're there for that person to help them make the right decision for them. Okay, um, it's never about talking people into things. It's about really discovering what people want and really showing up for them. Now, the thing I want to say about the persistence of following up is to really understand that it's not just about, you know, making more sales for you. And yeah, we all know we've got to follow up more. It's about caring enough about that person to give them the best possible service that you can. Like I remember when I first started in my business, um, I really liked this coach and I wanted to work with her um, and we had a sales call, but it was, I don't know, four or $5,000. And I know that that's fine now for coaching, but back then I was like, holy shit, that's quite a lot for the coaching, you know? And, uh, and so I said, oh, not right now, you know, if it was like two or three grand, I'd say yes, right now, but you know, probably not right now. So, but she did not follow me up not even once after that. Now, I would have gone ahead, I'm telling you, in two or three months' time, would have definitely gone ahead. If she had actually rung me once a month, oh, my gosh, I would have loved that. I mean, what amazing service. Or even just sent me a little note or an email. And I know people are busy, but people are people. They're not, you know, like if you don't take care of people, they, you know, you, you can actually feel quite thrown away, which is how I felt at that time. So for me personally, I don't like to throw people away. I like to say, okay, you know, um, I want to be in it with you to help you to get what you want. I'm in it for the long run. You can let me know at any time if you're not interested anymore. And I think that that's kind of cool too. Like, you know, you can let people know that, that, you know, if they give you the word that you can stop calling. And I certainly don't take any shit either. Like if someone's acting really not interested in a sales call, for instance, I'll say, listen, I'm just, I'm not feeling that you are wanting to be here. You know, if you want to be somewhere else, we're both busy. We can cut the conversation short, no problems at all. And, you know, by doing that, you are honouring your own time, you're honouring their time, and you're also taking the opportunity away from them. Because I'm pretty sure everyone out there is selling something really valuable. And if you're not, do something else. That's one thing. That's the other thing I would say is uh, I won't even work with anyone unless I can see the real value in what they're selling. Like I get a lot of multi-level marketers and, so, and even some of that product is okay. But if they, uh, if they, if they're going to work their asses off and make no money, I I try and encourage them to get their own product. Or as I said, if, if I don't believe in their what they're offering, I just simply won't work with them. And it's the same with what I'm selling well, in my career when I've been selling something. Um, I've got to really believe in it in my heart that it is a really, really good offer. So uh, you have to believe that. That's just the first thing because your integrity is everything. A sale, and it doesn't matter how much money you make, if you're going to sell your integrity down the toilet, um, it's not worth any amount of money. But yeah, don't be afraid to um, take the sale away from them if they're not looking interested. But if they are interested, it's not quite the right time for them. How can you be there for them? How can you schedule a few follow-ups? How can you say, hey, you know, just checking in, wanting to see if this is um, the right time for you to move forward now? 
Um, if not, that's absolutely fine. I'll give you a bell next month. You know, and you will make more sales. And not only that, Jeff, when you make those kind of sales, they're the ones that remember you. Those people remember you. They refer you to their friends. They become clients for life because you've taken care of them right from the get-go. So let me ask you about, um, there's a bunch of things in there that I want to follow up with you on. So a couple of things that I want to cover coming up and I'll, we'll take them one by one. Uh, but I want to talk to you about the art of the follow-up. I want to make sure that we we cover that because I think a lot of people have trouble with how to word that, uh, what's the appropriate cadence of things, things like that. So I want to come back to that. But but first, there's actually a thing that I think we really need to dig into that's, um, I don't want to call this a challenge or a push, but a put, or a pushback, but I do want to get your thoughts on this. So I'm of the belief that sales is about helping somebody find a solution to a problem. And if I have the solution to their problem, I'm going to match my solution to their problem. If we find out that we have uh, pricing and budgets that are a match, then we can move forward if there's nothing else. So we look for all of the reasons why we should move forward. And if we don't, we go our separate ways. I think of it as very much like a helping sort of thing. However, in the case of being in a sales role, or if you're a company that is in a cash crunch and is trying to make payroll, there's always that pressure of, I have to make a certain amount of sales. And that does put a lot of pressure on the integrity of being able to be in a place of being purely helpful, right? Like sometimes it puts you in that position where you feel like you do have to close this sale. We do have to bring in this client, even if they're not necessarily the right client, or maybe, you know, it's a little bit less than we wanted or all of the reasons that I'm sure you're familiar with. How do you balance that out? How do you get people to stay true to the, to the mindset of standing for the value of their own time, of being in a mindset of being helpful, matching solutions to problems? How do you do all of that with the external pressures of, say, for instance, a, a very simple and, and common example, sales quotas? You have to hit this sales quota. People come in and they're not a right match for your solution. How do you handle that? You let them go. I'm sorry. That's like, it's no really complex answer to it, Jeff. Like, you've got to know that you are going to get your sales quota, like not your, your quota. What I would say is set something that's really exciting to you. You know, why is that exciting to you? What are you going to do with that money? What are you going to do with that success, with those accolades? When I used to manage people, uh, people are oftentimes they're driven by different things. For me, I do like a good round of applause. I just want to be the best that I can be. I want to do something extraordinary. That's what kind of drove me. For some people, um, some of my team, they would be driven by time off, right? So get, how much time off are you going to give yourself? Or you can go to your manager and you say, look, you know, I'm going to go for something really extraordinary. I'm going to work my ass off for the next three months. But after that time, I would like to take this amount of time off and I want it paid you know, work out something that works for you. Don't be afraid to go outside the lines and and set stuff that is exciting that's not just hitting your mark. I mean, what's exciting about hitting your quota? It's not bloody exciting. You need to like, you need to set something that is going to excite you, light you up, that you are going to work hard for. Now, if you are, if you haven't got enough people to talk to and you um, are worried about hitting your mark. I, I can understand that. What I would say is um, you need to kind of just get in there and keep working, you know, not kind of just going, oh, well, shit, I'm not going to make it this month. I'm going to give up now. Just push a little harder. Ask yourself, like, if I was to get this target, if I was to turn everything around right now, what would that look like? 
your subconscious is incredibly powerful. Uh, so you've got to make sure you're watching your mindset. You know, you've got to watch what you're thinking. If you're starting to go down that track of like, you know, you know, shit, I'm not going to make this and I'm going to let everyone down and, you know, or whatever it is, you've got to turn that around too. What would it take to turn everything around? What would it take to get three sales in the next week? And then you're, then you're asking the right questions. Your subconscious starts coming up with the answers for you. It starts providing you solutions. You'll get those solutions. Then you must take action on those solutions. Um, so I understand the pressure. Uh, I do get that. Um, you know, we've all had that and we're not always going to achieve our sales targets. I, you know, I get that as well. Um, but it is very much a mindset game, you know, as an entrepreneur and as a salesperson, uh, you've got to watch what you're, what kind of stories you're telling yourself. You've got to make sure you're asking yourself the right questions. You've got to work hard and not give up and believe in yourself, but don't just, don't just hit quota. Come up with something that is exciting for you. Get your manager on board and go for it. You know, really go for it. Um, look at how that's going to change your life. See how that's going to change your life. Every night when you go into bed, burn that new target into your brain. I remember when I was 19, someone told me that a brilliant um, sales trainer, and that's what changed everything for, for me. And I burnt this target into my brain. I didn't even know what it meant at the time. But um, I've, I have shown, you know, when I was training sales reps and stuff, you know, I've shown time and again that it doesn't matter about the climate you're selling in. It doesn't matter about the weather or the people, the area, the anything. It's about your mindset going in, knowing you're going to get your target and just working hard until you do. So sales is a multi-pronged approach. And, and in order to get to the part where we talk about follow-ups, I think we should actually explore the entire sales process a little bit. So the way that I tend to think about sales is there's the uh, generation of some sort of a demand or lead. So sort of the demand generation kind of falls generally into sort of the marketing side of things, let people know that it exists, whatever, create some interest. And then you get a lead. Lead is kind of where it hands off to sales. Sales has to in some way pick up the lead, talk to the lead, qualify the lead, nurture the lead, turn it into a thing, and then potentially close the sale. And then either you hand it off to account management or you know the sale is final or whatever it is. So let's talk about each of those different pieces of it, because I know that you have some thoughts on lead generation and um, particularly using video and wanted to hear some of your thoughts on what you think the state of sales looks like right now. Let's take a service business. How would you recommend consulting services, agencies uh, who are looking to generate more leads? What are some of the tactics that you think right now are really prime opportunities to bring the leads in? And then from there, we'll, we'll take it through the next step and the next step and the next step. Sure. So great question, Jeff. I love video. Um, like, so I'm not saying that I didn't have fear around doing video. I did. I grew up in a girls' school with a lot of, you know, and especially in Australia too. You guys don't have this, luckily, in America, but we've got this tall poppy syndrome. So if you are getting a little bit too big for your boots or standing out a bit too much, they'd love to cut you down. So um, I was kind of really nervous about shooting video in, you know, in my business and putting it out there. I was also worried about, you know, are people going to be interested in what I've got to say? How can I, how can I make sure that I give value? All of this kind of thing that a lot of people have 
as a fear when before they start doing video. But what I will say, Jeff, is video is a game changer for service industries because people want to work with people. You know, it's it's a different thing to just putting a, you know, a post out there from a business. Uh, people want to, they want to know who they're working with. And the next best thing from sitting right in front of someone and actually getting to know them is having a video uh, and standing in front of someone on their camera, talking to them about their problems and saying, hey, are you struggling with this? Well, let me help you with that. And you give like some content or a great um, tip and then say, you know, so use that to get where more, you know, more of what they want. So um, it's so good for a number of reasons. It does really help that know, like, trust factor. You can help people with where they are. So it starts to incur this law of reciprocity, which we all have as human beings, which it's just basically a law that states that um, if someone gives you something, you just naturally feel like giving them something in return. So if you give them some real value, they're like, wow, that was actually really cool. I'm going to share that video because that was really good. Or if you're then going to ask them to take a little bit of action, which uh, might be to sign up for a masterclass or to sign up for a free offer, they are more likely to take that action because you've already given them something. The other thing is um, it become, they become super warm leads and that is just, I mean, that's it doesn't matter about the state of sales, I guess, throughout the history of sales. What we love, love, love is war, our warm leads. And I know myself with video, I um, when leads come to talk to me a lot of the time now for, through LinkedIn, um, I actually had a woman um, about a month ago who didn't even ask me how much it was. She just said, I'm, I'm working with you and let's get started. It was like that was, she had, I, well, she had been watching my videos for some time. She knew she needed sales help for some time. And she just, uh, she knew it was me she wanted to work with. A bit like that Prelude guy that I followed up for all that time. He didn't ask for a single discount. He just paid full tilt. He knew it was me who was buying a car off. Uh, and so that's what you want to find in your own business or if you're a salesperson. You want to find those people that resonate with you personally. Now, it's a big wide world out there, especially since COVID. We can work with almost anyone and um, and personally, I have clients all around the world, from Germany to the Middle East to Australia, New Zealand, of course, a lot of people in the States and the UK. Um, but my messaging is very specific. Uh, so, yeah, that's something we could get onto as well, which I think is a very important, a very important point if you are looking to draw more leads in. Your messaging has to be really good. I do love video and what I want to say is, especially if you're scared of it, I personally believe it's usually those things we have major resistance around that usually is going to give you that breakthrough that you're wanting. So, yeah, how could you get over that resistance and just put out your first video today? Just ask yourself what people are really struggling with and then you want to talk to the camera as if you're talking to your best friend and helping her or him get you know move the needle on that thing that they're struggling with and you will have created a really good video that will eventually bring you in leads 
But as I say, it doesn't happen overnight. I'll be honest about that. It does feel like pushing shit uphill for a little while. <laughs> like, you know, it feels a bit relentless and because it's new, it feels hard as oftentimes things do when we first start something. Um, but around three months, you should start getting a bit of a trickle of leads coming in. And around seven months, you should get those really nice, consistent, um, a bit of a more of a pour of leads. So it is worth it. It's worth sticking in there. And you'll become a better communicator, which is really good for your sales. So let me ask you a couple straightforward, like short form questions about video, just for the people sure. that are yeah. uh, looking for very, very tactical sort of things. Um, what is the length of a good video for generating some leads or, or getting getting your thought leadership out there so it could generate leads? What's a, what's a good length? Shorter the better. Honestly, if you're just starting out, you want to try and keep it um, from even 30, 45 seconds to two minutes. Super short and sweet because people are super busy now. We all know that people have got the attention spans of goldfish and it's only getting worse. You want to grab them straight away. Like, you know, um, you know, yeah. Um, so do you need more clients for your business? So this is what something I want to really help you with. And then you want to give a tip. So you want to know what they're struggling with. Ask them a good question to, to, to just get straight in there. Uh, give them a tip and then get out again. If people think that they, if they don't know you yet and they have to invest even five minutes of their time, they're going to be less likely to do it. Or if it's on YouTube, they might skip through it, which doesn't kind of really help you either. So initially, what I will say is 30 minutes, 30 seconds to two minutes. One minute is perfect. Um, and that is brilliant. Then over time, after they get to know you, they're on your email list. You can invite them to watch longer and longer form videos and those masterclasses, which go for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour, because you do want to spend more time with them. But to start with, short is best. Got it. So you kind of started to talk about this a little bit in the in the answer about the length of the video, but talking about the format and the outline of the video. So you said talk about something that, you know, what problem did they have and talk about the solution to as if you're talking to your best friend. Do you follow a specific sort of story arc in how you tell these, uh, uh, you know, tell people how to solve these problems? Uh, you know, for instance, one that um, I use a lot in brand communications as we talk about the problem that they're facing, the solution, and then you insert yourself as as sort of the uh, the 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 gap, the, the way to fill that gap. So, for instance, uh, you know, for someone like you, you might say, "Do you have trouble closing sales or generating enough leads?" Most people find sales can be a really difficult sort of thing. So, I work with people uh, to help them better understand how they can generate more leads, get more sales, and uh, feel more comfortable in front of the camera doing it. Right. So you might do that kind of a flow to it. That was a really terrible example, but no, I think it was good. Is, Thank you. Is, Lovely. Is there a, is there a format that you follow that you feel is particularly useful with your clients for helping them to to do that, answering and solving the problem? Yeah. So so my whole gear is Jeff is really is so that was I loved what you said and yes. Um, if if you're listening right now, I definitely do those kind of videos. You can do maybe one every five videos like that. But for me personally, I always think it's better to give before you get. Um, at that time, they don't know you that well. Um, so there are different kind of types of people to sell to. I love that whole disc thing. So those high Ds, which I'm pretty high D, uh, they can go pretty quickly. If they know they've got a problem, they might just go, okay, I'm going to just jump on and, and have a chat to Kate about um, hiring her to help our team make more sales, right? But for the other DIS um, 
uh, K, uh, for the other people, they are going to take a lot longer to kind of say yes to you. And if you're kind of selling from the get-go, they're not going to like you as much. You want them to spend as much time with you as possible. You want to give, 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 because it really does set you up as an authority. You want to help pique their interest, like get them to either thinking about something, give them some sort of payoff. It could be in, in any of the areas that you help people um, so what I do with uh, as part of my boot camp is we come up with 40 problems and um, you know uh, uh, things that they urgently want and that becomes all of your content and that you can do usually three or five pieces around each of those those um, points of uh, uh, things that people urgently want or things that people struggle with and that is the best format. So, and then about every fifth video, you want to um, insert yourself as that kind of, that solution to a problem. But for me personally, I, I do think you do need to give a lot of value first. So how can you give value? How can you help people to move that needle, get them more of what they urgently want, less of what they don't want? And then you just get in and get, get out. Now, my favorite um, my favorite platform for video is actually LinkedIn because it's especially good if you're actually you know what it's good for a lot of people most people now, um, but it's not nearly as kind of tapped out as Instagram and other platforms. It depends on you know where you're at and what you love to do, but for video, um, I love LinkedIn because I think it's something like three uh, percent of people are posting regularly, so you're you're automatically going to get more reach uh, uh, then you want to get in there help people it sets you up as an authority and they're more likely to keep on watching those videos subscribe and then take action when you do have a call to action and the last thing I'll say about video uh, LinkedIn and video make sure you have your call to action in the comments so the algorithm doesn't like it when you have um, a call to action in the actual video so what is often great is just to add value and then you have um, in the comments, you, like as your first comment, you say, um, by the way, guys, need more help with sales. I've got a great masterclass. Um, click here to come along, you know, have a call to action or want a want, want to talk about, you know, and then you can invite them to a discovery call, whatever your call to action might be. Make sure to put that in the comments. Okay. So let's assume that everything works out perfectly from what you just said. Uh, the leads start flowing in, there's one of two things that are either going to happen there. They're a lead that's ready and you move them through the sales process. So I'd imagine that's going to be a much shorter answer uh, than the secondary part, which is that you need to nurture the lead. So real quick, if you could talk about a lead comes in, they're hot. What's the standard process that you think virtually anybody could map on? Step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, do this. Just in yeah. kind of in generalities. Generally, I have like, for instance, a qualifying call, then a meeting, then a proposal, then the SOW, and then we start, right? So that's my process. What would you say is a good process if you have a lead that's that's like raring to go? How do you treat it? So basically, I think most leads can be kind of closed on the spot. I know a lot of people have it in their mindset that they need to uh, they need to send a proposal and then they need to do all of this kind of thing. And I understand if it's a $30,000, $40,000 sale that potentially you can't close it on the spot, although I think potentially you still can. And especially if you have been nurturing them for a while with your video and that your content uh, and they already know you. So... Um, 
I would say, because I, I work with clients who have it in their mindset that they always have to go through that process. I would say that there's no particular reason why you can't close almost anything on that, that, that call. Not to say that you have to, and that if people need to think about it, that I personally don't think you have to push past that. I've got my own little process to help people uh, with that objection. Um, but um, so basically if they're hot and they're ready to go, it's, it's like what I would suggest is uh, well, a basic process. And again, it depends on where they're at. Um, if they don't know you that well, I think a really great step is to just insert why you started your business. Like it's not a great, sorry, it's not a, like if you're in business for yourself or what you love, what you're passionate about, why you're passionate about selling to people, what kind of results you love helping people get. And really find that passion or if you're in sales it's a similar thing like who do you love helping and why just saying a bit of background about me before we kick off if that's okay they say yes share that that will help to kick off that no like trust factor and they'll start making those micro decisions about do I like this person can I work with them then what it's about is setting up a great container just saying we're going to talk for about 45 minutes uh, I'm going to really help you to, we're, we're going to make a decision together on if this is right for you. If it's not right at any stage, we can cut the conversation short because I know how important your time is to you. So that's a really fantastic statement because it just lets them know that one, you're not going to push them into anything. Two, their time is valuable, so is yours. And three, they're kind of on notice that you know, if it's not right for them and not right for you, you're going to let the, 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 the sale go. It just works really well from a sales psychology perspective. Then it's all about asking the right questions. They are so important. Uh, it's not about talking about yourself, your product, you know, from that point. It is all about them. What are those key questions? How can you get to the heart of what is really going on? If there is no pain there, there is no reason for them to go ahead. So if they're saying everything's hunky-dory, you know, you want to kind of say, look, I'm curious as to why we're, you know, I know you're busy. Why are we sitting here right now if everything is going okay? You know, what's really going on? You want to open it up and get though get to the heart of what's really going on. That's what's going to push the, the sale forward. It's in their own head and heart, understanding that they've got a problem. Once you get agreement on the problem, then they are going to start actively looking for a solution. And then you can say, look, hey, I think I've got a solution for you here. Or I know I've got a solution for you here. Um, is it okay if I tell you about it? They say, yes. You go through your offer, which is the easiest part, you know, and then it's just simply closing. Is that resonating? Yes. And then, you know, uh, tease out objections is good. Uh, there's a lot of other little steps which, you know, can help you overcome objections before they come up. Um, you can seed and do other bits and pieces, but that is your basic process. If they're hot, Jeff, they should be in a position to, to say yes to you on the call. Got it. All right. So the thing I want to close out on is to talk about when they're not a hot lead. So they come in, they're a lead, and you have to nurture them. And this gets us back to the thing that I think 15, 20 minutes ago, uh, I brought up as saying something I wanted to talk about, which was how to follow up. So th I think this is actually, of all of the aspects of sales that I've ever coached anyone on, or I've ever talked with people about or found out what they're uncomfortable with, I would say that the just checking in or the just following up or any of the, the, the other permutations of the follow-up are where people are most uncomfortable. They feel like they're hassling people. They feel like they're 
you know, they don't want to buy from me. I'm never going to be good at this, all that. Like the, the initial conversation of qualifying, I've met tons of people who are great at that. They're great at their first conversation. Like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to sell them. I'm selling them. We're closing. It's going to be great. But then they say, let me go talk to my partner about it. And then you have to actually get back in touch with them and follow up and all of those sorts of things. So putting aside any techniques for, for getting them to close on the spot prior to that, let's assume that we're in a position now where we have to follow up. People struggle with this. What is some of your advice to help people to better follow up with leads that have expressed an interest, that have shown themselves to be a good fit? How do you go about following up? How do you word your emails? What's the cadence of follow-up? Obviously, it's going to depend on all different factors, but in generalities, how do you tend to advise people approach this? Sure. So it is pretty broad. Like, you know, it depends on the person, uh, how much the sale is, how interested they were. If they're going to talk to their partner, really, the, the follow-up's pretty easy. It's like you've got to get that that meeting in your calendar pretty much for the next day. You can invite their partner along. You need to tease out any objections and make sure that it's not just an objection, that they're kind of putting it off, that they're not sure themselves. So that's the first thing there. You need to, you know, you, you need to know what's going on. Is that really what's going on? Uh, uh, and then you can help them to answer their partner's objections and you can still actually get around that uh, as a kind of an objection and oftentimes still get them on board in a really um, cool way. Now, let's say, for instance, that uh, they're, they're a warm lead, but, you know, again, it's, it's really great to know why they're not going ahead right now. If it's just simply not the right time for them, but they are really interested, then get agreement on that. Like, say, you know, if it is this something that you that you really actually are interested in and you're saying that it's not right now because of budget and finance and so on. Now, I don't want to just treat you like a lead and just never speak to you again because you're not going, going to go ahead with me right now. I want to stick with you um, if that's going to be a value to you. So uh, you're saying that, um, you know, maybe in the next kind of month or two, it would be better for you. Is it all right if I give you a call um, once a month and just see, you know, if the timing's right, we just touch, but you know, we just kind of check in and see how you're going with everything yeah yeah that's fine so um if it's a higher value sale once a month is fine and you just ring and and say hey um, you know just start checking in see how everything's going what's happening in the business right now have a bit of a chat um just say you know are you any closer to yeah have you got those funds coming in and if they still haven't got the funds coming in you know and you can help them get those funds coming in you can kind of start saying well you know, I'm just wondering if we could do this for the next two years uh, and you may not, still not have the money, um, but obviously this offer that I've got is going to help you get those leads, get those sales, get that money in. I'm wondering, you know, what's going to change even in the, the next month when I speak to you again? And I'm like, yeah, okay, you're right. You know, look, uh, maybe we should, you know, look at doing this now and you know you can put it together in a way where they can they've got a payment plan whatever it is that's going to help them uh so it, yeah it depends on how expensive it is now if it's a cheaper offer i mean this is why we have things like email lists where you can send them a weekly email you know that that offers value that that keeps you top of mind and then nurtures all of the leads that are, aren't quite ready so that hopefully when they are ready, they're going to want to move ahead with you. You can also um, go on social media and it's a really nice thing just to kind of like, you know, look at their posts, be interested in what they're doing, 
and leave a comment. That's another good way of following up uh, because you're adding value and you're also staying top of mind. And you can send, if you send something really cool and awesome TED talk, something that you know that they're going to vibe on, you can just shoot that over to them. You know, uh, that's another good way of following up. So if you look at it always like, how can I add value? Like, how can I, um, how can I just be there for this person? Uh, and yeah, add value. Um, cadence wise, uh, yeah, it depends on where they are and why they're not quite ready yet, you know, but you, you want to kind of, um, like I give people like just a sheet where they put their people on and you just, you just quit, you know, it just ticks off every time you follow up. That follow up, as I said, can be social media. It can be an email. It can be a voice message. Absolutely. As if you're not comfortable about leaving a voice message, again, use that, that way of just saying, look, if at any time you like I'm, I'm following up because I value you as a person. Um, you, you said that this is right for you. So I, um, I want to make sure I'm being of service here and, and checking in with you. If at any time you want me to stop following up, just let me know. No problems at all. And they will generally, uh, you know, not say, look, I, you know, I'm not interested anymore. And what I will say too the higher the sale, like if it's a really, you know, if it's a couple hundred grand uh, or you're trying to close a millionaire or a billionaire, uh, those people are really busy and they especially will love that follow-up. Keep it short, keep it to the point, um, but make sure you do it because it doesn't matter if they don't come back to you like five, ten times, they will really appreciate it and they'll end up going with you and, yeah, the, those end up being those full price sales, those really big sales. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for all of the, uh, the tips walking us through the entire sales process. Um, I know we're, we're going to wrap up right now. Uh, so I wanted to give you a chance in the show to be able to promote yourself unabashedly, tell people where they can go and connect with you, where they can learn more about you. They can sign up to get your free stuff where they can pay you to get your stuff. Uh, this is your point in the show to just unabashedly promote yourself. Great, cool. Well, if you know you need help with sales, where I'm very different is I don't just give generalized help. I will tailor every strategy to you. You will know exactly what to say, how to say it. I am very much about, um, I know the psychology of what makes people say yes, but I do it in a really feel-good way, a non-icky way. My I love my sales success bootcamp because you'll, you'll get the theory in a small group, but you get that one-on-one -on -one training and help. It is affordable and it is a game changer. Um, so I, I do, uh, I have that going a few times a year. Get in touch for, with me for that to talk about it, to see if it's the right fit for you. I do do um, company training, LinkedIn training, uh, all of that kind of thing. You can get in touch with me for that get in touch with me on LinkedIn or on my, um, come to my website, shoot me a message. Um, and I would love to talk to you. So yeah, if you are just starting out in your business, you know that you need some help with sales and, and you want that training right from the get go, get in touch. Or if you currently think you hate sales, you've been banging your head against a brick wall for some time. You, you think you hate sales. Let me change your opinion on that. I work with so many people who say they hate sales. They end up saying this is actually really fun. And as I said, game changer for your business. So get in touch. I'd love to talk to you.
And to get in touch, that would be katehorlacy.com. And we'll put a link to your LinkedIn as well. Uh, and that way people can find you on the internet. So just check in the show notes. If you're in your podcast app, swipe up, swipe right. I'm not sure which it is. Depends on the app. But all of it will be in the show notes and you'll be able to uh, link directly there. So I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know we had uh, to make this happen with the crazy time zone differences, but I'm glad that we made it happen. Uh, you added a lot of value in this. You, you, you gave a bunch of different tips. So I guess uh, that means people should probably share this episode, which I guess would make this episode shareable. Wait, don't leave. If you've never listened to my fancy outro, do it just once for me, please. Okay, if you enjoy shareable and you find it valuable, there's a few ways that you can support the show. One, you can share it on social media, which I strongly encourage. I mean, it's literally the name of the show, Shareable. Two, you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're an Overcast user, as many of my listeners are, make sure to click that star button on the episodes that you like. The third way that you can support the show is by blogging about it or discussing it on your own podcast or even by making a YouTube video where you talk about one of the episodes. And then the final way that you can support the show is by supporting it directly on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about one other thing. You see, Shareable is just one of many projects that I'm working on at any given time. I've got another podcast called Rogue. I do a live streaming show every week called The Heroic Council. I've got a blog where I release a blog post twice a week. And if you're looking to keep up with all sorts of different content that can help you grow and become a superhero in life, I want you to check out jeffgibber.me. That's where I list all of my current projects and projects that are coming up in the future, including my forthcoming book, The Lovable Leader. It would mean a lot to me if you could go and check out some of the other things I've worked on because I put just as much of my heart into those projects as I do into Shareable. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for being a supporter. And I hope to see you here on the next episode of Shareable.